Bezrat Hashem, we're going to finish today uh, Ot Yud Aleph, this wonderful Ot that we've been doing, and we're going to be finishing it off in English. We started in English, we're going to finish it in English. Just to refresh our memories, the last thing we were learning on a Sunday was where he kept on, the, the, the Piasetzner, kept on talk, telling us that we have to keep on learning how to see on this level. Learning how to look at what's going on with us, and realizing we were talking last year about the fact that most of our moments that we live, we take ourselves out of the moment. Sometimes that happens through um, here. Sometimes that happens through taking pictures. Dafka, <laughs> like we were talking about, like with the camera, that actually takes you out of the moment. Sometimes it happens through a million other ways where we experience very, very high moments. We're not quite sure what to do with them, how to make our mark. That's what we're talking about, making our mark. Saying, you know, I was here. And then knowing how to always get back to that place as well, making a holy mark. So, you know, Shavuos is an amazing opportunity to make a very strong mark. A very, very strong mark. And say, we were mamish here. We were at Har Sinai. So we're going to see today, he's going to continue to develop this theme of of making a mark, but Dafka in a way that I think each of us could, 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 could relate to. It touches upon a very sensitive issue. Um, I'm just going to read the end of page 39. He says over here, during Shalashudis, it's very simple. Shabbos, has, you don't think you have this, I'm just going to read the last paragraph. During Shalashudis, it's very simple. Shabbos has passed, a day of holiness. The heavens have been sanctified, and you too have been sanctified. You've sanctified yourself. You haven't involved yourself in business, nor wasted time and chatter, you've sat and meditated on your Creator, and with friends, you have learned Torah or conversed in matters of holiness. You have cleansed yourself from the week's every stain and speck of dust, and you've made an attempt to become attuned to your soul as you, page 40, as you weren't during the week. At every stage, you have felt as if you were elevating yourself from one level of holiness to another, until you reached Shalashudis, the pinnacle. The desire of desire. So here we describe a spiritual secret. We're not, now we're not talking about someone that's sleeping. Someone that's kind of awake. He's going. Shlav after shlav. Lever after level. He's growing. Le'at, le'at, le'at. Till he reaches what? What is that? Like, so, so what is that? Till he reaches what? What is he feeling? He could feel anything. Desire of all desires. He could feel a lot. However, he doesn't know what to do with what he's feeling. He has no idea how to tune into what's going on inside of him. Now, you feel that this is neither the time nor place to eat meat and fish, but to search for God, who hides in the crevices of glory, and to take pleasure in His radiance. You sit with your friends who also seek God. Like, okay, we have a chabura. We are together. This is what we want to do. We're sitting together. We're learning together. We're in shul together. And? And now what? So we did all that. And now what? Right? Like that, that question, and now what, is such a heavy question. Because it makes us really have to be sincere and, and explain to ourselves, why are we doing all the rituals? And now what? Right? And now what is a question we don't want to really face. So and now what? And you sit in darkness, right? This is by Hasidim, the Dafka. I don't know if you've ever seen this, by Shalashudas. I, I don't think they have a Shabbos where that comes and turns off the light, but definitely the Shabbos clock goes off, and Shalashudas is usually in dark. 
we have by Ishkodesh, by Rav Weinberger, it's always like this. There's a little light. He, he uses like a, where he sits, there's like a tiny little bit of light coming from somewhere so he can read out of the Sefer. He's learning. But Hasidim was really a time of, okay, now we're going to decide what we want. Rav Adiravin, we're going to decide what we want. And Yudafka, and you sit in darkness. Now look what he says here. This custom of Israel is Torah because it's fitting that the body reflect the state of the soul at this moment. Meaning at this moment of Shalash Shuddhis, the pinnacle, this, after you've already gone through so much, after you've experienced such a Shabbos, level after level, it's all a build-up. So at this moment, he's saying over here, it's fitting that the body reflect the state of the soul, of the soul at this moment. Now by Shalash Shuddhis, the body and soul have to marry each other. Does that happen during Shabbos until that point? Could be, but not necessarily. There's no conscious effort for have the, to have the body and the soul mirror each other. But by Shalashudis, there definitely is. Now look what he says here. There are two types of darkness. There is what we see as darkness because it's beyond our ability to sense. So that's like, for many of us, <laughs> and I'll say that line again, there is what we see as darkness because it is beyond our ability to sense. What does that mean? We may feel that it's darkness, but it's not reality darkness. What causes the darkness? Our inability to be aware of Hashem's direction, being open to Hashem. So it could be that real, real light is making me feel very dark. Right. Because I sure can't make sense of it. But I go to a shul and, and something's happening... There's a lot of dveik, there's a lot of gedusha, but because I, I, I can't figure out what this really means. You're not tuned into it. So, so okay, but there's a difference between not being tuned in and darkness, right? So what causes, like, why isn't it enough for me to just say, okay, I'm not plugged in now. But how come the lack of understanding where I'm at causes me to feel dark? Because you push back against it. You're not able to just say, all right, I'm not, I'm not here yet. You say, oh, if I can't see it, it must not be there. Why is that? Like why can't I just why can't I just do it? ego? Yeah, yeah mamish. You see, bittul means bittul on a one level. Bittul means like I'm about to myself not only that I'm nothing, but that there's so much here, and I'm just not I'm just not capable of of taking it in right now. But instead of jumping from there to saying. Oh, I'm living in darkness because I don't know what everyone else is going on. I, I, I can really go into a place of saying, no, 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 there's Kedusha, there's light surrounding me. <clears throat> I don't yet have the tools to understand how to implement this in my life and let it in, but I don't want to deny its existence. And when I deny its existence, I, I, I create, I surround myself with darkness. Okay? Like a guy can be sitting at that Shalashudas, what he's describing right now, and it's dark, it's because it's literally it's dark, but he's saying that's really what happens to our neshamas, because we don't, we don't understand that right now, what are we simply doing right now? What an opportunity it is to tap into what, what is offered to you. Instead of saying, since I don't sense it, I don't understand what's going on, so this must mean that there's no, you know, hiddenness, Hester Panim, concealment, I don't connect to anything that's going on, I, nothing's happening. He says, from God's perspective, that's true light. And then there's darkness that comes only from this world. I mean, there's two types of darkness. One is mamish choshech, darkness of this world. But then there's the darkness that comes from a lack of understanding how to look at ourselves. 
What's more painful? What do you think's more painful? Not knowing how to look at ourselves, not 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 being able to recognize who we really are. Absolutely. Once you realize, once you realize you don't know how to look at yourself, is is more painful than, than what? Like that, than, than, like, if you the first time you realize that, then the, like okay, it hits you hard. Right. The next time it hits you, then you're like, I'm feeling dark. I don't realize it. It's a different type of right. Right. Because there's no one to blame. Right. Uh, there's no victim consciousness. Right. <laughs> it's there's no blame anymore. Right. Now it's just it's like not the everyone else. It's, it's me. me. It's mamish me. I think I think one of the keys here is, is, is it says it's beyond our ability to sense. It doesn't say it's not beyond our ability to realize it or to recognize it, but to sense it. So I think I mean the, the whole society and the world we live in is, is totally here to desensitize a person. Everything. So it's almost like right. we we just we're so desensitized that it's difficult for us to to feel or sense anything. Right. And I think this is this is one of the keys if we can get to a point where we're we're more real with each other, with each other, and not each other, but with ourselves. Right. That we can start to sense these things because we're so desensitized to anything. Right. Right. Everything just bludgeons you down. Yeah. And you can't, you can't see the light within the darkness half the time. Right. More, most of the time, not half the time. Rarely. I, you know, I'm, I'm laughing because the first time I saw this happen in front of my eyes and I sensed it visually was on my mechila. I'm reminding, I'm bringing up my Averas. But when I turned 21, I went with two friends to Vegas. I was in Los Angeles and we drove to Vegas. And I saw that it was... It was three in the morning, and I realized that none of us had any concept of what time it was, and I was getting really exhausted. I told my friend, "Listen, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go to sleep. This, just exhausted." I said, "Okay, I'll be up in a few minutes." So then I didn't see him for hours. Like, he told, the next morning, I see him like exhausted, come down, to, come up to the room at about eleven thirty. Said, what, "What's happening?" He's like, "I don't know. I, I, I was just kept on flowing with with what, what I saw around me in that lobby." And then someone by accident opened up one of the vilanot, one of the, one of the uh, shades, and I saw that it was, it was sun. The sun was out already. And then we you know, realized how it works there in these casinos, the Rahman al-Islam, that they pump the, the, the oxygen through the, completely desensitizing you from, from nature. From nature. You know, just from the way Hashem created the world. It's taking you out of just nature. We would love to be out of the, you know, the, the choshech of the world, but here it's saying, it was, you're so desensitized even to teva. And that, you know, it's not that, and we weren't even doing anything bad. But the notion that you can be controlled by others to take you out, to be completely desensitized by teva, was a very freaky, that, that scared the daylights out of me, never went back, never ever going to go back. That, it just scared me that we could live in such a reality that we create such a, such a desensitizing sviva environment to the extent that then that leads you to then be desensitized from any, every, every ounce of teva that's in you. So that's the extreme, you know, that's, that's like, okay, Vegas, that, that, that's an extreme. But that happens also, not on the extreme, and very, you know, worldly matters all the time, things that happen, dvarim shebechol yom. You don't think oh. these things take us out of teva? What, what things? Oh, the, the gadgets. 
the computers, the hand computers, yeah. the portable hand computers. Yeah, of course they do. This has nothing to do with Teva, <laughs> with nature. It has nothing. It's like it's like we're makadishing it now because we're speaking through it, and others are going to learn with us. Hopefully, we're elevating you know, <laughs> this thing that really usually takes us out of Teva. It's a little. Can you imagine if we started calling, uh, you know, referring to this as Mini Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> You can can I use it? You can gamble on it too. <laughs> 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 how, do, how do you know? <laughs> 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 yeah, imagine, like, hey, how's your mini Vegas? Can you take a picture with your mini Vegas, you know? Send me your mini Vegas dig- digits. And that removal, more de- desensitizing from being able to feel anything. Okay. Neither the world nor its affairs appear any longer. Now, this is, he's saying now, in a good way. And since for a full 24 hours you've distanced yourself from this world and step by step drawn closer to the desire of desires, which is God's will, meaning for 24 hours you are so plugged in to the way Hashem created the world because nothing is desensitizing you. It's like every week we have this chance again to like open the drape in the, in the casino, you know, lahavdil. <laughs> And see, oh my God, it's sun, or it's night, or whatever it is. It is what it is. The drape remover. <laughs> the Bellagio Hotel drape remover. Since for a full 24 hours you have distanced yourself from this world, and step by step drawn closer to the desire of desires, which is God's will, your mind, soul, and the senses of your body force you to physically sit in darkness. This is, this is meaning like it's Bechira Chovshis that you're letting your soul choose for you where you physically want to be. You know, when you're really plugged into something strong, you'll let your soul dictate to you how you should physically act. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. But we call that our gut. What's that? We call that our gut. We have a gut feeling. <clears throat> like it's, it's really our neshama like Wait, so neshama feeling. Our gut feeling sometimes is, is dafka lehefech. Like, my gut tells me I want to slam this guy into the, into the no, wall. No, or I'm going to do something or be obnoxious to somebody and my gut's telling me it's not a nice thing to do. Right, so you're Baruch Hashem, a refined Canadian, but for many people, <laughs> you know, for many people, it's like our gut is not, does not, that doesn't sound like that, you know? Our gut is like, I'm going I'm I'm to nail this guy, you know? Or, oh yeah, that my gut. I'm like, okay, I'm listening to my gut. I'll advise that whenever I listen to my gut, it should be the way you spoke right now. But, I'll, but you know, in the MS, I don't know what it is about you guys in case. It's such an amazing, beautiful zach, purity, but... Are there casinos in, 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 in Canada? Oh, yeah. Windsor, yeah. Yeah. Montreal. Montreal. In Montreal. And you're from Montreal. Crazy. What a teak when you were. <laughs> so, these words are so beautiful and since for a full 24 hours you've distanced yourself from this world and step by step drawn closer to the desire of desires which is God's will your mind, soul and the senses of your body force you to physically sit in, in, in darkness he's saying your mind, your soul and the senses of your now, now your body is starting to sense like your physical body is starting to sense the message is from its neshama. And it's listening to it, and it's makabaling it. You know, our neshama is sending messages to the body all the time, and usually they are ignored. 
because of the illusion of this world of this is more important. But Shabbos builds up this level, this, you know, essentially this is what Sefirat Omer was really supposed to do, Sheva Shabbatot Mimot, a build-up, a build-up, a build-up, that every day my Neshama is sending me another message through this tikkun, through that tikkun, so that by Shavuos, I choose to makabel the Torah be'ahava. You say to God, you could force it on me, or not force it on me. This is what I'm choosing. When the body, it's not, not just the soul now, now, the body's even accepting more and more the messages that the Neshama is sending it. Your heart and eyes no longer see the world or worldly matters. God is hiding in that darkness. After searching and examining throughout Shabbos, you have come to the thick cloud where God is. What is this referring to? This, what Pasuk is this referring to? Mishkan. Huh? Mishkan. What, what Mishnah? No, Mishkan. Mishkan, yeah. Yeah, like uh, where, where, where Moshe goes into the Mishkan and the cloud. Kvodashem Maleta Mishkan. The Pasuk, it says, the Moshe Rabbeinu Be'av Ha'anan. What's the Pasuk there? That he goes in, Kenny, you know this Pasuk, Av Ha'anan. What is it referring to? Moshe Rabbeinu goes into the thickness of the cloud. Is it by Matan Torah? Right, so that, it's amazing. In order for the nation to hear me, you have to come into the thickness of the cloud. What does that mean? It means to the place that seems that it's most void of godliness. That's Dafka, where I'm going to come and infuse you with so much clarity. Like we see thickness of the cloud, and we're like, I can't, I'm not going there. Our Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu is, you, you, Dafka, you go in that place where it seems that it's least possible for my soul and body to be one. In Dafka, in there, in darkness, the thickness of the cloud, that's where Hashem fills the... Is that what... Uh, is that what? I wasn't thinking of that. Which yeah, one? But, we, but it's mirrored. In the, when Moshe goes in, Moshe would go into the Mishkan, and Dafka, then the cloud would descend, would descend. On, on the Ohal Moed, I'm sorry. On the Ohal Moed, yeah. right, right, right. On the, on the tent of meeting, Nachon. So again, after searching and examining throughout Shabbos, you've come to the thick cloud where God is. You have sought, and you have found the beloved of your soul. Your soul draws near to him and melts in his holiness. The whole room is full of the celestial palace, and you force yourself through this holy palace to the holy of holies, your soul longing to enter the innermost chamber, to come to the place where Hashem is, to hold him and not let him go. Okay, so let's pause for a second. How many of us in our lives today with our little children have ever had this experience on Shabbos afternoon? During my year of I felt this very strong. Yeah? I would get uncontrollably emotional. At Shalashir's? Or on Shalashir's time. I couldn't, I couldn't control You were alone? No, sometimes I was in shul. Right. That's one thing I like about American shuls is that they have, they have real Shalashir's. Whatever it is, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell your wife that you said no. So that you... She won't mind. <laughs> really? Oh, she'll be here with you. Right. <laughs> right, she'll definitely be here with you. You, know, you don't know where your kids will be, but even yet. No, it's a, it's a big thing. I mean, it's the yeah, herring and potato chips and stuff like that and, and gefilte fish. and. would have them these lights because they were just killing no, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be off. You'd be in there with no light. Right, you'd be in there with no meaning, no, really, the Hasidim said, we, we need to create the atmosphere too. We can't just expect to just feel it. You have to have the atmosphere, so the lights would be, would be killed. Absolutely. Again, like, we have to work with, with, with what we have around us. Not like, let's see how much, how far we can get without any attempt to try to do anything on our own. You, you create the atmosphere for it. 
For sure. And if you and if and if you were to know that you were to remain in this state constantly, then your soul would be joyful with an eternal joy. Meaning, if your neshama knew that moment of shalashudas, that this feeling that he described now, that this is this is what it's going to be like. This is it, the vacus. Say Vegas or Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> a little tikkun on the word, right? Dveikut. I'm going to become Israeli and will cause the confusion. Dveikut. If your soul knew this was the place you're going to live in, what a simcha you'd have. But what's the problem? But you remember that in a minute the lights will be lit, you'll make havdalah, and again you'll fall into the weekdays. By the way, that's one of the reasons why the first thing in Avdala we say is what? Hine kel yishuasi, evtach velo evchad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust in, in the experience I had with Hashem a minute ago, and that's gonna make me not fear to go back into the world, because I know that this state is possible. The, um, this, this state of, uh, of, of Shabbos and the slipping of times um, is also during the week, in terms of like pulling that Shabbos experience into the, I remember one time when uh, Leah Rose was just a little tiny baby and we had just made out the idea. I think we were in the plans with uh, Nefesh and Nefesh Design Papers. And I got home from work and it was most of a tough, tough day. And Esther kind of left. And there I was with Leah Rose again at the bed and she couldn't sleep. And it was just like, just holding her in that moment. Uh, it was something about it. Shabbos. Couldn't, just, couldn't describe it. It was, it was, yeah, it was like, there was, there was no phones, there was no right. electricity. And if you knew that that, and, and if you really sensed that that moment that this was it, this was what life was going to be like, and, and at that moment you do feel that. Yeah. I had a similar experience. Ora was born Shabbos afternoon in Yerushalayim at about uh, 4 p.m. It was Shabbos in March, so Shabbos came out like around 6.30, a quarter to 7. I have to tell you, I, mean, I, I, I hope my children, never, my other three girls never listen to this recording, but the experience of her birth stands out than the others for, for my wife and I because we're in, uh, Hada, we're in Hadassah and she's born and she was born and then we just sat with, I mean, there were no phones, there was no one to call, there's no pictures, there's no nothing. It was just like a real experience of, it was so real. It was so, it was so, and you know, that's what I was thinking about what you were saying, like, wow. This is really it. And, you know, it's a little bit different because I knew Shabbos was going to go out, but there was different because I was like excited that I'm going to go and let my parents know about a, a beautiful thing that happened in, in, in our world. But here he's saying that, you know, you're in Shalashudis. You're giving birth, whatever it is. It's, it's serene. It's beautiful. And you know that someone's going to turn on the light in a few minutes. And, and you know that even if you insist on sitting there in the dark, your wife will show up at shul and drag you out of it. Like, whatever it is, you know that it's going to end in a few minutes, right? But you know that it's coming back next week. Though. Ah, so that's, that's what's beautiful. Not just next week. There, there's a way, if you make your mark for real at Shalashudis, you don't really have to wait till next Shabbos. Worst case. Worst case, yeah. Yeah, worst case, yeah. I love the cloud analogy. You know, anybody who's ever driven through a fog or anything, when you're in that, in that space, there's nothing else. 
it's just it's just you or whoever you're sitting with at the car. Except the car coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> or all those green license plates that are <laughs> surrounding you on the sixty. How about when you're skiing? Yeah. You ski. Right, That's better. Yeah. For us, if Rations here living in you know Palestine, driving through those thick clouds in the winter is. The truth is, for a while, you know, in Neve Daniel, I think I told this to you guys, when we first moved to Neve Daniel, so it was the winter, it was December, it was Shabbos in December, and everyone knows Neve Daniel, sometimes you could be in a thick cloud for a whole, sh- like, 24 hours, because your mom is up there. So I went to shul, I lived right next to the shul, back then, right, I lived right next to the main shul. Do you remember where I used to live, Ari? Yeah. In the, in the, so I lived, mom is like a two-minute walk from the main shul, but when I came out of shul, the whole mountain was a thick cloud that I got, I couldn't find my, I mamish couldn't find my way out of there. Like I couldn't find how to walk home. I lived like a distance from like here to like closer than your house. And I couldn't figure out how, and then there was this place of bittel. I'm in, like said, I'm just in this, this is how you, this is how you want it to be. And it was cute till I started getting hungry and freezing. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't get out of the thick clouds. Oh. Okay, but you remember that in a minute the lights will be lit, you'll make Avdallah, and again you'll fall into the weekdays. Your spirit is bitter. How will you fall from the darkness of heaven, the clouds of purity, to the darkness of Egypt, the darkness of suffering? In America, that's called Monday morning. In Israel, that's called Sunday morning. The suffering of the body and the soul together. The suffering of the body and the soul together. You tremble and feel. Now you feel them both. The end of days and the end of the week. The heights of the peak of holiness and the... What's that word? Nadir. Nadir? Nadir. Highest point? The lowest point. The nadir of the lowliness of the non-holy. These two shades of darkness... Guys, listen up. These two shades of darkness now wrestle within you at Shalashudas. It's like... It's like going on here. So much going on. <laughs> Whoever this dude is, he, he was onto something. This dude was, was, was physically burned by the Nazis to death and he's, he's more alive than ever. This can be compared to the son of a king who was sent away from his father and thrown into prison. At the last moment before he separates from his father, he draws himself even closer. He pushes forward and comes close, grasps him and embraces him, takes delight in him and yearns for him. In the midst of its delight and fear, the spirit cries out from the depths, Gam ki your hands are practically trembling and searching. You're with me. I've grasped I've grasped him, and I will not let him go. Now he says, "Stop. Look and contemplate. All of this is passing through your spirit, but you have not contemplated it, and you do not know it." What do you, what do you think he means here? He's saying this is what's happening. But you're not what? What aren't you doing to what's happening to your spirit? What's, what's a better word? Sensing, maybe, yeah. What else? What else aren't we doing with that which is happening to our ruach? Recognizing. What else? Recognizing. There's more, there's more. What else? What are we not doing with that which is happening to our spirit? Feeling it? 
That's like sensing, feeling it. What else? Like letting it in. Like. Inter- well, that's internalizing. Yeah. What, else, what? 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 What aren't we doing it? What aren't we doing with it? I guess draw closer, draw ourselves closer to Hashem. No, those. Are, yeah, that's true. That's internalizing, drawing. But there's there's something where else we're looking for. What aren't like something's happening to our spirit? Like it's happening. But what aren't we? What isn't happening yet? He's saying, by man. Like what isn't man doing? You're not even thinking about it. It's happening. It's happening. We're, ha- we're not thinking about what it is. We're just letting it be. Right. So some would say, what do you mean? The second I start thinking about it, I remove myself from what's happening. And that's a legitimate fear. I don't want to start to rationalize this and, and, and comprehend this. So the PSS is saying, that's a valid fear, but there's a cost that comes with that. And that's what? That it doesn't really become you if you don't learn how to think if you don't learn how to look at what's happening with you. It's true, it's a valid fear we all have. In the moment, I don't want to start going up here to try to understand what it is that's happening to me. He didn't say understand what's happening to you. You just said, we're not, we're not thinking about what's ha- what, what it is that's going on. Because we have this fear that will be removed from the moment if we start thinking about it. So what's the balance? So what are you supposed to do? If you want these moments in life to really be to make your mark in these moments and to find your way back there and to build a system of, of, of growth through marking your, making your mark. Kind of jump into the moment. How do you do that? Well, it's a beautiful statement, but how do you do that? And it's true. He calls the weak and the darkness of Egypt. And he calls it as, as opposed to Shabbos. Right. So when you're back, back into it, like in the morning, you know, when you're young, you, you, know, you don't have to think about it too much, but as the sun starts going down and the darkness starts coming in and you're basically going back into the darkness and then it's totally, totally there. If you're not afraid of hitting the darkness of Egypt, then you should, it's going to be an idea. Right. If, if it's real, then you're going to have to make drastic changes. Like the darkness of Egypt isn't a thing like, I'll take an hour off from work tomorrow. Um, right. But the rest of the week, I'm, I'm still right. in 60 right. hours. The darkness of Egypt is all-encompassing. It's, right. it's, it's heavy labor work. That it's long hours, not a lot of time with the family and kids. Right. I mean, that, that could very much have to very But much I like what you said, Yoni. You said if you're, if you're not scared to feel the darkness of Egypt, like not saying you're not thinking about what's happening to you, because if you think about what's, what's going on with you, there's no way in the world you would consciously let yourself sink more into the darkness of the weekdays. It, it's going to happen anyway because the nature of the world, but you will see your own free choice. And you'll say to yourself, I, mem- I, I, I sense... I'm very much in unison with what happened to me at Shalashudis. I can't consciously, I won't let myself voluntarily go back into more than what the weekday on its own you know, throws me into. And you start making more points. Like Again, he said just a little bit of effort, meaning but it doesn't happen overnight, it doesn't change overnight. But the more that I'm conscious and I'm thinking about while the holiness is passing through me and I'm sensing what my spirit is feeling, and I say more and more, every week, every shosh is here, this is me again, this is me again, eftach velo efchad, I can go, God, God created the weekdays for me to go into, I have to go into it. But there's no way in the world that God created the weekdays for me to sink into it. God created the weekdays for me to, elev- to, to elevate the weekdays. How can I elevate the weekdays without thinking about the Kedusha that I experience at Shalashudas? Good friend of mine, uh, uh, 
I think you would, you would describe his, his current affairs as being very much like this. There being like a kind of, I mean his work and his life, but there's a real void, like a real darkness and emptiness um, that, that he just doesn't know how to get through or past or anything. Um, and that's, uh, and, and, and he said, like, what do I do? Like, I don't have anybody to help me get out of it. Right. You can't, you can't like, just say, uh, and maybe other people share, you know, share, share it also, what, what do you do? Um, and, and, you know, after the conversation, uh, through the conversation, it, it seemed that there's oftentimes not anything to do at the moment. Right. But sometimes, like, when you have those, whether it be a five-year period, a, a ten-day period, a, you know, an hour, uh, and you have, like, a tremendous painful loneliness um, that you can't figure out, uh, then the, the only thing to really do um, are the things that don't solve it. Not that the walls that are up, and you're, never, you're not going to get out of the wall, but they're right. going to be there for a while. Eventually they'll crumble, like Egypt eventually falls. Right. That's in the long run. But in the meantime, when right. you don't have the capacity to break from that, and make sure during the day, or during the week, or during the month, that you have those things that you remember in hindsight, that will propel you your life forward. Right. Uh, whether it be for some, for some people going to the midpart, for other people playing shooting hoops, uh, don't lose those things. Because sometimes you feel like, I can't because I have these walls up, I have to deal with the walls. Right. Escaping from the walls is, is the only thing to do during, during those times. I, can I, I just want to open up the, the messing with Yoni's mind period that he, I got permission to. He, he, he allow, he's, he's giving me permission to mess with his mind and try to convince them that they're making the biggest mistake of their life by leaving the neighborhood because he's moving in a few weeks. So. He's not going anywhere. I'm just, I'm, I'm just I'm continuing. Your, your mind will be messed with now on behalf of all of us. Let's finish this, guys. Look and contemplate. All of this is passing through your spirit, but you've not contemplated it and you do, not, you do not know it. Is it possible that such a state of the spirit will not leave its impression on the entire week? In truth, in itself, this means of contemplation should be sufficient for you. If you contemplate and look at all the feelings that pass through you, you'll gaze at all the angels of the heights as well as high levels in stages that are passing through the path of your heart and your soul. This will suffice for you to rise and to be transformed into a man of the spirit and a person of pure consciousness. Elevated thought will be revealed within you so that you will see only holiness, spirit, and the glory of Hashem that fills all the earth. When you allow yourself to look and think about what's happening to you without the fear of I'm removing myself from what's going on, he says, then you really will eventually, slowly, slowly, become a person who lives with constant consciousness. It doesn't mean that life is perfect. That, that's not what it's saying. But it's saying it means that those moments won't be so sporadic. But a Jew has many other senses and capabilities, and he must develop all of them for the sake of Hashem. He has to embrace Hashem with all the limbs of his spirit. And so we will speak further on, God willing, of the obligations and actions of the members of the Society for Positive Mindfulness. Of now he's going to say, if all this is possible, then let's continue now to create, like, for better or for worse, cliff notes, you know, devotion settings as to, like, help us, help us tachlis, whether it's shutting off the lights at Shalashudis or whatever else, Olam 
things that we could do on a tachlis level to create the atmosphere for these feelings to be mamash beheseg yadeinu and things that we can really grasp and live with because really it'd be, it'd be, it'd just be such a chaval to keep on having high moments and then doubting their, their authenticity or sincerity because they don't last. He says, let's continue a trend and let's realize that this is mamish possible. And, and Bezrat Hashem, now later on, we'll, we'll, we'll continue with the Bnei Machshav Tova, where he's going to give, us, he's going to give the, the Chabura direct guidelines as to how to create this for us in a very concrete way. Yishar Koach, guys. Chag Sameach. I know learning Arab Shavuos is not simple out in our mind, and I'm really thankful. I just really wanted to, to end uh, the Ot, ot Yud Aleph.